everybody, and welcome to another episode of Transistor Radio, broadcasting everything trans. I'm your transistor, Erin. And I'm your transistor, Athena. And what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about how everything that could possibly go wrong with schedules went wrong. Oh, wait. No, that's not our topic. No, that was, that's our uh, this <laughs> That's just week. our life. That's this week. So, yeah. just minor story break. I finally got picked up for like a little work, and uh, that has been great, because yay, work and money. That has been terrible for our schedule, because... I literally fall asleep after work every day, and it's tough to work things out individually, so yay. Yeah. This is semi-new. I mean, it's new. I haven't worked here while living here, so mm-hmm. it is officially just straight up new. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and then also, you know, on a Monday morning, we woke up to your phone trying to blow up. Oh um, my god, yeah. <laughs> and then we had to go get a new phone. Well, get your my old phone activated as your new phone. Yeah, so I, and- for those in the unawares, I had a Galaxy S5 that I got in like 2013, uh-huh. 14, I think it was 13. It's uh, old. And I had used it up until like last... Monday. Yeah, Monday. Monday this Monday. Monday morning. It was your daily driver. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually giving me some shit on Sunday, but when I went to bed i plugged it in like i usually do because it was on like zero percent and the battery was being a piece of shit uh and i woke up and i touched it and it almost burned my goddamn hand uh-huh. literally almost burned my fucking hand through the case <laughs> i had a defender case and its little silicon pad was still hot to the touch and so yeah. i i dismembered it i gutted its battery and just kind of went without the day went throughout the day without a phone which is fine because i don't tend to use it at work anyway so yeah but anyway so and now you have an s8 plus which is a major i have an s8 plus which is a two-year-old phone instead of a seven-year-old phone yeah six-year-old phone whatever yeah still so uh that was exciting that was a way to spend a monday that's why we're recording on tuesday yeah our recording time got eaten up by like two and a half hours in a sprint store yeah it did anyway what a fun week it's been uh oh hey unrelated before we start the episode just friendly neighborhood update uh if you follow me on twitter please get ready to follow a different account oh my god um my old account follows a lot of people that's mainly full of furry stuff it's got a lot of old tweets in it that i don't feel like going through and clearing out of times before i understood who i was so i'm just in general going to turn that twitter account back into what it used to be which was just a furry twitter account that is private um, so if you want to follow me and also never used, by the way, like I never used that account until I made it my actual account. So anyway, if you want to follow me on an account that I'm actually going to use and post updates and be interacted on, or it is, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Athena thus far. Uh, that is my new Twitter handle. Please follow me there. You'll find it as now being followed by the story thus far as Twitter account. So if you follow that one, you can find me there. So just wanted to update everyone. Please migrate over to the new account. Uh, unless you want to just have like an that. account suddenly change its name. I like that name. I might move mine to Aaron this far because I don't, sure don't fucking stream anymore. Yeah. I, I, I was quite fond of it. I was trying to think of something since... The other thing is my my account that has my name on it right now is also tied to my gamer tag, which is tied to so many different things. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't really want my my professional name that people would Google me to find tied to... Yep all of that stuff so especially because that thing has history from before i transitioned and i was an asshat before i transitioned yeah, yeah, yeah we're moving accounts moving on we're transitioning 
Speaking of, what is the topic for today? Speaking of, yeah, great segue. Uh, we are revisiting a topic we did previously, Ish. which in hindsight, I would have looked up the episode number. Um, but we did a, a version of this topic previously. It's called, uh, this episode is Professionally Trans 2. Trans Boogaloo. No, wait, sorry. This is Professionally Trans 2. How to be openly trans at work. Um, so previously when we discussed this topic, we talked about managing your professional identity while looking for work. Now we're discussing managing your professional identity when you are at an, you are at an employer, you're employed, uh, and are either transitioning at this place of employment. So maybe you need to go through the process or um you are already trans and you got this job and you want to be more open about who you are anything along those lines um that's what we're discussing today yep and i i have more experience in that uh transitioning while in the workplace kind of thing uh whereas you with especially with this new job you had that sort of experience of being more open especially at the new place you you did transition while already live as well yeah, so I, I transitioned at work, but I've talked about that previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to focus primarily on the jobs that I got after I transitioned, uh, where I I was much where I was already out as trans and how I handled that and kind of how that came up. I'll touch briefly probably on the like interview process, but by and large, I'm going to be focusing on what's it like to be a trans woman working day to day. Uh, at a job where you're not really hiding the fact that you're trans. Not to say that yeah. I like run around in trans pride flags and hang up signs everywhere that's like, I'm trans. I, mm-hmm. I don't do that, but I also don't hide it if people ask about it. And I've talked about this podcast at work before. So yeah. um, it came up today with a mentor that I was meeting with. So mm-hmm. yeah. I do similar aspects. Um, I'm still in the job search-ish. It's kind of weird being temporary in places and looking for work in the between, but... Uh, with the aspect of working while transitioning, I still had about like seven or eight months of experience with that, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Um, so with that aspect of it, it was a little different and really nerve wracking, <laughs> really nerve wracking. Those first few times you kind of showed up at work as yourself and having to come out in a sense at work was mm-hmm. probably the second or the most scared I'd ever been coming out to anybody ever. Yeah, for sure. It's terrifying because it's like, oh, hey, not only do I have to have this awkward conversation, but I might lose my job because yeah, of it's that. that. Hey, you know how I like food? Can I still get that? Yeah, Can I have food. Mm-hmm. Um, so where did you want to get started? Do you want to start with my uh, with my experiences or yours? I mean, let's not break it up by that. Let's break it up by topic. So sure. let's start with assuming that you were not trans before and are mm-hmm. transitioning at a job. Let's start there. And I don't want to, again, don't want to spend a ton of time because we've talked about that one before. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's start there because it's the one that I think most people are going to encounter yep. uh, in their day-to-day life. Now, eventually you will encounter form two when you level up and go from being a transitioning trans person to a transitioned trans person. <laughs> uh, that's level two. Level three is fake because I'm making it up. Oh um, <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about that, that kind of sure. first first experience of I need to transition I'm ready to go full-time and I have to have that conversation at work yep so uh, I guess for me the I, I answer these in a series of questions for myself so I'll ask them to you and you answer um, what was your 
steps to take before even talking to somebody at work about yeah. that? Like, how did you mentally prepare? How did you actually, I guess, prepare if you went in for that meeting before you even made the call for a meeting if you met? <laughs> yeah. So the the process for me is is actually how I handle um, a, a, a lot of, situ- or how I recommend handling a lot of situations that involve telling people about your trans identity. And the, the, the first step for me always starts with gauging the climate, like understanding, do I think this is a place that I can be safe and do it? Uh, and so there's two paths here, by the way, if you gauge the climate at, at your place of employment and think they would be openly hostile to me being trans, it's a terrible idea. Um, a, that sucks. I am so sorry. Yes. I really hope, but, but more importantly, and, and the thing that I would hope you do is that means it is a great time to start looking for a new career. Yes. Um, because you really do want a place where you can be yourself and be open and people will be kind and accepting even, and not, understanding. Not or at just the very a new career, least, just a new location. Often. Yeah, maybe a same career, different, different location. But no matter what, I try and gauge the climate first. I try and think, do I think they're going to be receptive? Are they going to handle it? Now, I will also say that there was there's a balancing act here. So I gauged the climate initially at the place that I, I, I transitioned at. So that was Vertifor. First place I worked at. They don't have an office in Indiana anymore. Indiana anymore. Which is they why you're it. saying their name. Which is why I'm saying their name, because <laughs> you literally can't find it. They closed it down. Oh my god. Um anyway, so um there at that company, the thing that I when I gauged the climate, so I didn't know who the HR department was or anything like that. It was a very small office because, spoiler alert, they were planning to close it. Um, so all I really had to talk to was my manager. So I, for me, engaging the climate meant understanding my coworkers, and I had pretty good chemistry with them. I really liked them. I enjoyed, you know, I, they, they were very friendly. And in fact, some of them are, two of them are, are still friends with me today, even though I don't catch up with them that often. Um, cause everyone kind of scattered to the winds when the office closed down. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so gauging my coworkers, I thought, okay, I feel like there's a pretty good chance. Then I saw my manager's office and she is a incredibly friendly woman. She was very nice with me, always understanding, even though when I first went full time and tried to do makeup, I was terrible at showing up on time cause I sucked at makeup. Um, so like she was a fabulous woman, but when I was in this process of, do I think I can transition here? Every day she put a quote up from the Bible on her whiteboard to be like motivational. And my brain read that and was like, oh fuck, she's a religious freak. I'm screwed, I can't, I can't be trans here. So the reason I wanna explain that is first off, just because you, there, there are ways to gauge this more openly if you can find ways to slip in like trans issues in conversation that you know maybe aren't about you. Like if something comes up on the news, there are ways to do that. Um, don't do what I did and try and play mental games with yourself. Uh, Cause spoiler alert, you're probably going to be picturing things are way worse than they actually are. So it's worth trying to get a, a, a better gauge or, or like have a conversation about it if you can. Mm-hmm. It's okay if that's not possible. Um, so the the reason I bring that up is when I say that earlier, there's a balancing act between gauging the atmosphere and determining if you need to come out. To me, it got to the point where I could not physically stand to be presenting mail anymore. I could not handle it. It was causing severe pain. It was affecting my ability yep. to do my job. Yep. And ultimately I said, enough is enough. It doesn't matter what I think. I need to just do this. 
So step one is gauge the gauge the atmosphere and, and understand if you think it's a safe space and understand if you're willing to take a risk to, to, to adjust things. It's okay to take a risk. Sometimes it won't be as big of a risk. I thought it was going to be a huge, terrible problem, <laughs> and it came out okay for me. As, as the saying goes, read the room. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, that, that was very much my experience as well. Uh, what I had to look into was I didn't really know my direct supervisors nearly as well as you did um, because since I worked in education, they were principals and, you know, supervisors for such and such departments and all that. And there was not just a chain of command, but multiple links to go down kind of thing to talk to about this. And so I, I first discussed it with my therapist. Like, I was so overwhelmed. <laughs> there was a lot going on with that. Um, and... My my first little movement was just to like call uh, the HR department from my personal cell phone, which granted they had on file, but it doesn't show up as <clears throat> such and such is calling from this cell phone. It just shows your number when you call in. So I called the HR department, uh, essentially anonymously, and asked to be redirected. And what I had to tell the receptionist was, I am a current employee who would like to meet with HR about a LGBT issue uh, regards to myself. And they were very concerned uh, because that is a probably the most scary way that HR department can be called about that kind of thing. I guess they think they're worried about to be sued or something. Uh, but I got on the phone uh, a week later with somebody from HR who, like three days later, came down to meet me. Uh, and we talked one-on-one in my space he said he wanted it to be in my room so that I felt more comfortable so I was like cool so we we sat down talked things through made a little plan go like I know that these people especially the people I was working for were very sensitive to that chain of command uh, and had in the past been upset about uh, somebody knowing before they knew and so I asked them about their best direction for that and so it was a very structured, and I was very positive. It was a hostile kind of thing for LGBT, but I didn't really have another avenue. Yeah. I didn't have savings. I didn't have another way to change careers, especially at the time. It was just a very bad time to move if I could. Uh, we did eventually end up with a move at the same place for other reasons, but it it, it was what it was. Like it was It was more for... I chose this because I figured the transitioning process would be easier if I started a new life at a new location, uh, still attached to the same place, rather than starting a new life where for X number of years I've been working for them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it was a much slower process than yours, I, I imagine, I think. Mine was immediate. Yeah. Mine was literally, <laughs> I had the conversation and I was full-time the next day. Be because. Sort of. Because of that chain of command, I think it went like this. I think I set up the meeting before I got on HRT. Like, I, like the month I was trying to get HRT, uh, I called. The second week, I had the meeting. The third week, I started contacting the people in my quote-unquote chain of command. And their schedules didn't allow it until, like, May. <laughs> yeah. Like, May, June, that area when I couldn't even just sit down and talk to them. So I sat down and talked with them one-on-one, -on -one, and then they asked to meet with another person together. And then finally, finally, at the very first of June, uh, what is that, March, April, May, 
four months later, three months later, I guess we got the full months, uh, I I got to fully transition into work, kind of. <laughs> I, when I finally came out to everybody else that I had worked with, not just the other teachers, because I was starting a new school, it wasn't just the other teachers or janitorial staff or assistants that would be knowing, I would be starting a new location, so I came out to who I worked with directly, which was scattered to the winds kind of thing. Um, and then we had that break, and then I came back to work at the new location with my transitioned outfit. By that point, my hair had grown out a little bit. I had two or three months on HRT, so I was getting some sort of breast growth, and I also had breast forms, which is very nice. <laughs> so my, my process was uh, slower than I liked, but I feel like it needed to be slow in order to be safe because I was in such a sensitive position, Yeah, if that makes any sense. Well, you kind of jumped ahead a little bit here and hit on kind of the next things I wanted to talk about, which is finding a, the big thing is finding a point of contact for you. It was HR for me. It was my manager. Cause I didn't know who HR was Yeah. and who your point of contact is going to be for figuring out your plan to, to go full time at a place of employment is going to depend heavily on, on what you're doing and, mm -hmm. and who you are. So you've already seen two different approaches. My approach, I really liked my manager. I had a good connection with her and I thought she was my best Avenue to understand what I needed to do with the company to get this done. Um, whereas for you, it was HR. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's going to vary depending on what you're working. But I think the best thing you can do is pick someone you know or someone who it's their job to help you. So in Aaron's case, HR is their job to help you. In my case, I knew my manager pretty well and I liked her a lot. Yep. And so that's going to be how you decide how, who you decide on your point of contact is going to be up to you. Mm -hmm. Generally, you want it to be someone who can help you through the process, who can get you contacted to the right group of people and help you come up with a plan of action. So usually that's going to be your HR point of contact. But for me, my way to get to HR was through my manager. Yep. So that may and benefit you as well. Just, just a reminder here that HR is looking more out for the company than you. It just so happens that they don't want to be the next company in the LGBT news feed shit storm that could blow up. So they are there yes. to help you so that bad things don't happen so that, and this is just cold and I guess cynical of me at this point, but they are protecting their own ass by helping you. And that's probably not the way I wish it was, but that's how I felt my situation was. If this goes bad for them, they're going to be worried about the bad news stories. And so I had that awful sense of security that I helped, that helped me reach out and know that HR was my first point of contact. Yeah. For me, like HR did end up feeling like they were very helpful. So it's, it's going to vary. Uh, and again, that's why I think like gauging the climate is fairly important, but the big thing is having the main thing is having a point of contact who can help you. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that's going to vary for everyone. So yep. I think that we've talked a lot about this um, a little bit more than I wanted to. So I don't want to spend too much more time on it. Mm -hmm. um, but primarily, the, the last thing I think I want to say is once you've worked out with your point of contact, the plan of attack, it's mainly just following that route. Yep. So like for me, for my company, it was we're going to set a meeting with HR here we're going to talk to HR. Once HR has a meeting, we're going to meet with your team here. You'll have that conversation there yep. and then you'll be out and about the next day. So for, for my, like my company, it was very much like, here's the timeline and then follow through with that. Uh, and, and that is one yep. nice thing about going full-time at a place of employment is in many cases, they will help you lay out a schedule 
and is a lot less of, of your job to understand what to do. There is an argument to be made of just showing up as yourself at work one day. I highly recommend against it. I think your best bet is to do it safely by setting up a schedule like like what I did yep. and like what Aaron did. Yep. Uh, that's that's exactly what we had was that point of schedule. And you do have agency in that schedule most of the time. So it's not just HR saying you have to be out by May yeah, or for something. Yeah, for, for, <laughs> for me, HR was like, what are you comfortable with? Yes, that's and let's exactly. let's make that work. That's exactly what I got asked. Like, what are you comfortable with and what is your timeline you would like to do and how can we work with that? Yep. And that That's all it was. Because in the end, they have the power to get shit done. Like, especially if it's that HR department, they're going to have the ability to be like, hey, we need to meet now. <laughs> yep, for like, sure. And they prefer not to do that, but, you know, they have the ability if they need it. So Yeah. Uh, by the point that I was fully out, I had actually rushed that point a little bit for the for the final coming out. I, I wasn't... I, I thought I could last a little bit longer, you know, doing half and half, but I just fucking couldn't. <laughs> so that that was a very nice kind of relief. And I think I kind of tested the waters a little bit. I went to lunch with a friend and came out to them there and answered their questions about trans people and all that and then came out later when yeah. they, they had actually gone to another meeting. But yeah. So that is kind of the first stage of transitioning at work. And again, we've talked about that a lot, so I, I highly recommend, um, I will put in the description a list of episodes that you could go listen to um, that where we specifically talk about some of our experiences of coming out at work. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I again, like highly recommend going there. So let's now talk about something we really haven't discussed on the show, which is being openly trans at a place of employment where you're not transitioning, where you are just a trans person, yep. whether that be you transitioned previously and are now at a different company or you're at the same company and you just transitioned mm-hmm. and now you are an openly trans person. Whatever your case may be, that you are choosing to be openly trans at your yep. place of employment. Yep. Let's talk about that. So uh, in my experience, and it is just mine, it might be different for everybody else, how that's been for me was nearly identical to how it was before. And I think I was really blessed to be out to a lot of people who were just, I if they had problems with it, they kept their mouth shut, and I didn't know it. Like, uh, when it came to working with the professionals in my field, what it came down to was if it was just as if I was just another woman talking to them about the things we needed to get done, joking about certain things. There are some topics that are weird when uh, you don't really think about them, like when people are talking about kids, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't have them. <laughs> That's yeah. just an awkward conversation no matter your situation, uh, but it brings weird light onto situations and i've that's just an awkward thing with me it's not a bad thing i think it's unique to every person i wouldn't Mm -hmm. yeah uh yeah i did also want to frame this from the perspective or i wanted to say like how much it matters at your place of employment is going to depend heavily on how you are approaching it so for me for example i only mention it when it comes up yep so, for example, like, it came up during my interview for this place of employment um, because my boss asked, or my future boss at the time, my current boss now, uh, asked, uh, what do you do for fun? And my brain immediately said, podcasting. And then she was like, oh, what do you podcast? I was like, fuck, we're oh going God. there. Oh <laughs> so, 
we had that conversation. I explained, like, it's Trans That's Sister so Radio. It's a podcast about being trans that I host with my co-host. And, and, and how'd she react? She was totally fine with it. Yeah. Fun fact, that team in general, like, the at my welcome lunch, we proceeded to spend some time bashing Trump. So that team in general is great. That, there, there are some comrades, in a sense, where you can just go into their room and just bitch about whatever the latest yeah. news is for yeah. the day. I love that kind of part. Well, and, and also my company in particular, I am I'm very blessed to work at a company that... Also, I just used the word blessed in a sentence. I don't think I've done that since I left the church. Wow. What a weird... <laughs> weird. Anyway, I'm very lucky to work at a uh, company that cares a lot about LGBT employees. Um, so they just launched... They have this thing called business resource groups, uh, which is basically ways for people across the company to get interconnected and, and you know, network and, and share experiences and support each other and those sort of thing. So they started... They had a women's BRG, which I attended. They had a... Uh, African-American BRG. Uh, and then the most recent one that they had was the LGBTQ plus BRG, which, which was sponsored. Which is so fucking cool. And I wish more people did mm, that. It was sponsored by the chief human resources officer. Uh, and it's run by mostly, uh, it's it's run by a group of, so there's a trans man, um, two gay men, a lesbian, and one straight ally on the on the board. Oh, that's so cool. So it's like touching a lot of different areas of the community and it's just it's fabulous. It's I am don't don't Yes, re- I'm laughing. I see your face. Don't I re- can, don't you said touching way. lots of areas and I couldn't help. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Um but anyway, so like I am lucky to be to com- at at a company that just does not care at all mm-hmm. whether you're whatever letter you are or or anything they mm-hmm. just care that you're there to do the job and you're doing a good job and that you're you know comfortable and, yep. and all that stuff so um it and that's one thing that i also wanted to mention is gauging the climate of how open you are mm-hmm. like it, it matters here as well especially if you're coming into a company and you've already transitioned um something that i struggled with when i started this company was how open do i be about it and i've decided like i want to participate in the opportunities, the client, uh, the the um, climate at this company is right that I feel comfortable being mm-hmm. myself. But I did when I started that company struggle with deciding: Do I want to be open about this or not? And I personally made the decision that I do. Like I do a podcast called Transistor Radio that is associated with my name. You Google my name and you will find it. So there's <laughs> little point to me to hiding it. Yep. Um, and I'm I'm glad I've made that decision because it means that I I feel free to talk about it in conversations but at the same time you know if if i were in a company that was much less agreeable to it then i would feel more um you know i i would not want to share it as much or, or, or bring it up and so it really does depend on your area but again you know i i'm i'm glad that i chose to be open about it because mm-hmm. i can mention it in conversation i yeah. had a great conversation at lunch today where we discussed what we were going to talk about on the podcast today. that's awesome yeah, I'm I'm still in that phase of reading, reading the room kind of thing. I'm trying to gauge reactions. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'm... I, I feel like I've lost my ability to read people half the time now. I agree. Uh, because they're, they're talking about things like, oh, my husband did this, my wife did that. And whenever I mention, oh, yeah, my girlfriend or my partner, I've not, I, I'm almost saying it in a way that makes me too nervous to look at their reaction whether it's good or positive uh good or bad and so like i'm 
throwing these things out of there and then not getting the information that I want from doing it. <laughs> you know what's funny is my brain is so wired to think that like being trans is the controversial thing about me. And it's like, look, like you're a trans person. That's controversial. Everything else is totally normal. Like mm-hmm. you're just a normal person. It's all well, mentioned like partner and, and sorry, normal is a terrible word there, but like stereotypical. I'm like, I'm a stereotypical woman. And aside from being trans and my brain puts that at such a high level that when I say things like my partner or my girlfriend, I don't even think that some people might be like, you're gay. Well, that's, I'm like, well, no, it's weirder than that. I'm well, that's, well, that's <laughs> my, uh, that's my like little fishing hook in a sense to be like, Oh, and see if they're like actually interested mm-hmm. or if they just don't care. And if they don't care, I might like push things, reveal a little bit more about myself and see how things go from there. But yeah, so far, like, Every the the most controversial thing I've had is that I also like soccer like some of the women in the office mm-hmm. and have been watching uh, the USA women's team uh, kick ass just so that they can piss off the president, which has been thoroughly satisfying. So satisfying, <laughs> it's so good. Um, and I think that's kind of where I want to bring it back of of being openly trans in a workplace environment. To me, um, and again, it's gonna differ for everybody, but. Do it in a way, like, like remember primarily when you're being trans in a professional environment that, well, especially if you are someone who's still in the process of transitioning and it can feel, and it really is sometimes like transitioning takes all of your time and all of your energy because it does. For a few months there, it's like, basically all you focus on. I mean, for, for over a year, like it basically swallowed me whole and I had mm-hmm. to spend a long time recovering old habits and things that I, yep. I enjoyed. Yep. Because I spent so much time dealing and trying to understand transition and who I was. And it's important to keep in mind, like, if you're going to be openly trans at work, that remember that work, like, like the way I would phrase it is, um, when you are there to work, you are there to work and then be trans. Instead of the way that I tend to view it, which is I am trans and then somebody who works. Yep. And I think if you frame it from that perspective, like, my conversations that I have with people where trans comes up are because being trans offers some insight into what I'm saying or is important or, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's useful to the conversation at the time and, and it matters. And I think that's the way that I would recommend you approach it. I think mm-hmm. personally, I think being open about my trans identity is important to me because I want to be there to educate people if they have questions. I want to be that sounding board if if they have somebody who's trans in their life and want opinions. I want to have those opportunities available to me and, and to be there for people who might need that voice and also to be someone who is visible to people who might need somebody, who might need a trans person that is visible to them. Yeah. And I think, so that is why like I don't hide it, but I also recognize that I am there to do my job and not be a trans person yeah. so i don't talk about it constantly and it doesn't come up in every conversation it just i don't feel like i need to hide it or not tell anyone um and i think that choice matters to you like it is mm-hmm. totally possible i've had maybe 10 conversations that my trans identity came up to at work and you could totally just not have those conversations like it's totally okay to keep it private to yourself it is a private fact about who you are don't feel like you have to share it. You don't have to share it in an interview unless you accidentally mention that you're a podcaster and your podcast happens to be about <laughs> trans topics. But how you handle your trans identity at work is entirely up to you. And that decision yep. should be left up to you. For for me, I'm very much the spirit of uh, 
I, I'm not going to mention it unless whatever reason comes up. And that's not because, like, oh, if they find out, they'll be so freaked or mad or they'll start treating me differently. It's just because, like, I don't see where it comes up that many times in the trans mm-hmm. in the workplace to mention that I'm trans. I'm, I'm and, and in some ways, that's me just doing what I can to show, like, we're literally like everybody else. Yeah. We've got our own quirks. We've got our own likes. We've got our own interests. And this, there is just no real reason to bring it up unless it is specifically talking about that aspect of my life which get this is not really brought that brought up that often yeah <laughs> not not in not in my office environment it's and it's it's weird how some like little aspects of life that we think about especially when we're not at work are just completely left unsaid in the workplace. Yeah. Like interests, things that you are fully passionate about, things that you care deeply and hardly about, you'll never fucking know because Carol that are in accounting only has a dinosaur on her desk and you don't know that she's actually a web developer or something, mm-hmm. you know? Unrelated, one of the people I sat with at training had the best desk ever. Like he had like X-Men and, and Overwatch figurines and all of this stuff decorating his desk. And I was like, your desk is so cool. I love decorated desks. There's there's a lot of people in there that are like super neat and tidy. And I like being tidy. I keep my place kind of neat and tidy at work. But one of my favorites is to go and see the people who deck out their stuff. And uh, one of the girls that is um, working on the upper level, I went to go deliver something to her today and saw and she's got like fairy lights and pictures that people have drawn that are like from her friends and family. She's got a fucking stuffed unicorn <laughs> sitting on her desk and it's like a Build-A-Bear unicorn. It's just, I, I love getting to see the personality that's in there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a part where you could be like, here's me at Pride or here's me and my partner at Pride or whatever like that. I feel like that's an aspect that you could bring in the day to day, just like everybody else brings in. Here's a picture of me and my husband or mm-hmm. me and my wife, you know. Yeah, and that's actually something that I wanted to, to add is I think, like, not to, to turn this into a soapbox, but I would say, like, it is... Our podcast is a soapbox. Our, yeah, that's fair. Our podcast is, like, the, the world's not largest soapbox because there are bigger soapboxes out there, but, like, you know, a medium-sized digital soapbox. start making Transistor soap. Transistor Oh, my God. Anyway. Transudster Radio. Transudster Radio. Oh, my fuck, Yes. <laughs> gonna let that oh sink in and be proud of that for a little bit <laughs> i that's that's very impressive i approve um so the the thing that i i, I do want to say is speaking from personal experience it is really nice to not have to feel like i have to hold that back in conversation because there are people that i work with one of the people who worked as a contractor for six months at my place of employment is now one of my best friends in 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 life. Like he's a fabulous guy. He's been great to meet with. Super Aaron's, cool. Aaron's met him. We've had dinner I several like times. He's, he's super great. Cool. Um and and so like it is nice to be able to connect with people. And there are there are people at the place that I work who are very friendly. I have met many wonderful people at at that place of employment and it's nice to feel like they are friends with me while understanding who I am. Like I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. I don't have to get awkward if they bring up something trans related and I don't feel like I can share my story. Like it is very nice to have that experience. And unfortunately that's not an experience everyone can have because mm-hmm. welcome to the real world. I'll, I'll say that I have certainly learned to avoid bringing up any topics like that around some people that I didn't see often 
at my uh, previous work. They're like you hear things when you're passing through hallways and off of posts, and you hear them conversing openly about their displeasure with yeah. LGBT, and you're just like, well, I'm gonna ne- I'm gonna pretend you don't exist and never interact with you unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I think so. I think like as as much as I advocate for being open about it and and just and you know it is a part of you and it's a cool part of you like yeah being trans sucks there's dysphoria and shit and it's expensive but you know it you probably have a deeper understanding of who you are than anyone else in that office and that is so satisfying pulling this into our network's theme uh you have your own story to tell <laughs> exactly Badoons. it's a part of your story thus far oh my god yeah we got anyway but i do also want to just remind everyone like do be safe about it like again before i even mentioned aside from with my boss where i just mentioned podcasting and then was like oh we're committed now mm-hmm. um when i mentioned it i mentioned it after having gauged the climate and read the room and felt like i was comfortable saying this because again it was relevant to the conversation and Mm -hmm. i was comfortable saying it and including it in that conversation and having that you know back and forth forth about it like it it is really important to be safe about your identity because unfortunately america is not or the world in general is not friendly to trans people yet um and and i just want to just throw two cents in that Safe is going to be unique to you. Yep. For me, safe was I have some financial stability saved up just as oh shit money. So if I do need to find new work, I can do so with a fair amount saved up to pay bills. If that is a luxury you have, it is one you definitely want to have. Uh, I had other avenues. I knew what to do if things went south, for instance, if such and such meeting with the HR person went bad. I knew that I could potentially start looking at such and such a location. If such and such meeting with the uh, supervisor went bad, I could talk to the HR person. And like, I I did a little like flow chart in my head of, if this happens, do this. My one caveat with that thinking is, don't let that run wild, because if you have an anxiety disorder like me, you will just run yourself in a circle and then never do it. <laughs> yep. So I got help from my therapist for that. I will stay that right now. <laughs> yeah. And a therapist can be a, a great resource in understanding how to manage your identity at, at a location because they'll have tips and tricks and ideas. And again, like that is very, very handy. So any resources that you can leverage are great. Mm-hmm. It's, it gets even easier if you have contacts there that you are close with. Um, so maybe some place to crash if things really go south and you need a place to stay for whatever reason. Just yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to do a really silly thing? We should, because I think I've said everything I wanted to say on that topic. What's a really silly thing? Our really silly thing today <laughs> requires you to go grab a cup of... T- I can't do it, British accent. I'm sorry. Anyway. Go grab a cup of tea. No, God, please, please don't, don't send don't hate do that. mail. Don't do that. No. Our really silly thing today is a fabulous YouTuber <laughs> that popped up in our recommendations randomly i was asleep on the couch and woke up to a hilarious british man destroying the roman empire (laughs) yep i have been binge watching this guy's stuff constantly his videos literally fill my recommendations right now there is one on the tv just 
scrolling by its thumbnail on the YouTube mm-hmm. app. Uh, and that is, our really silly thing is the spiffing Brit. The spiffing Brit, all separate words. He is fucking hilarious. He's hilarious. <laughs> His channel primarily focuses on exploiting games. Yep, so old he, games too. Old, old games and some new games. Like yeah. he's exploited like Civilization Six, for example. That's true. Um, so he has old and new games, but in general, like, his game is just about finding the most broken strategy possible and doing it in a game, and he's hilarious. He loves, he's just so good at, like, making this little story out of it, and it's just, it's like mm-hmm. a Let's Play, but deluxe, if that makes any sense for me. I don't know a better way to describe it right now. <laughs> yeah, it it's a little hard to describe, but he's hilarious, and I... I recommend checking out. Like I've been watching, I've probably watched 60 hours of this guy's content in the past freaking week. It's fucking incredible. He's got, it's so good. It's just great delivery, really funny edits, really good edits, and then little little community jokes like the grab a cup of tea. Yeah. And hating coffee drinkers, despite the fact that I had like five cups today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It It's great. It's really great. I, also, I am drinking more tea now because every time he says grab a cup of tea, I'm eventually like, damn it, I want some tea. <laughs> I was, oh my God. Now, okay, this is going to be mild. No, just totally unrelated. I There was somebody, some TV show, some YouTuber who used to say something like grab a cup of tea and I can't remember for the life of me and it's going to drive me insane. Wheezy Waiter? No, that was coffee. No, he was his was thing was coffee? coffee. It was the coffee's done. I left it when the coffee's done, oh, which is right. why I literally always say the coffee's done. I left it when the coffee. Whatever our coffee's That's done. That's right. That is. Fun easy. fact: I was on an episode of Wheezy Waiter at the very end, a very long ass time ago, giving a wink. <laughs> yup. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Aaron showed me that video, and it's fabulous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The piano from it that is sitting on my lap in that video is right over there. Yep. <laughs> What a history. Oh so, God. yeah, anyway, go check out the Spiffing Brit. You will have a great, great time. They are yes, a ton of fun. Absolutely. Um, his Skyrim videos about breaking Skyrim. Oh, my God. Literally yes. broke me. I could not stop laughing. That was the first one I saw, and I was crying laughing. All right, we're going to do two really silly things this time because I just thought of this one. I showed this to yesterday, and we had to mention it. So, what? Spiffing Brit, go watch his channel, watch everything. But I also wanted to briefly mention a single video. And that single video is one that I showed you yesterday, which was Tom Holland and Zendaya on Lip Sync Battle. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have to go watch this. If, if you have not seen Zendaya and Tom Holland's Lip Sync Battle, just go look it up. On I, I, for the... I do not want to spoil it at all because it's fabulous. Just for the record, who don't those who don't know what a lip sync battle right. is, they they play they play a pop song of some or some remix of a pop song in some cases, and then they get actors on stage to do like little dance routines while lip singing and you yeah. know doing that. Uh, and I just gotta say, like, fucking Tom Holland has some great ass moves, like Tom full Holland control. Murdered it. Just full it, control of his body. It's, it's amazing. So good. So it's so good. You have to like go watch. Go watch it. Tom Holland is, like, like I love Tom I, Holland as Spider-Man, and seeing him fucking nail a lip sync battle is like, great. I get, yes, so he is a professional Hollywood actor. I get that. But, like, I, I have, I, I've worked in live theater for several years. I know what somebody who is good at acting and attempting to dance looks like. Fucking Holland can dance. Like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Go check that video out. It is worth every second of the watch. Uh, And also then afterwards, go follow it up with a nice cup of tea and Spiffing Brit because (laughs) Spiffing Brit is far and 
way worth your time. It's yes. so good. Definitely, definitely. So good. <laughs> I'm probably going to watch another of his videos tonight Absolutely. in the background while I write. Hey, that rhymed. I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. I'm a poet, and I did not even know that I had the capacity to be one. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh, anyway, all right. I think that is everything that I wanted to say. Aaron, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I love our trans siblings. Oh, I love our trans siblings, too. Well, with that, this has been Transistor Radio, broadcasting everything trans, a story thus far network podcast. Um, if you have topics you'd like us to talk, talk about, please send us an email at staff at storythusfar.com with TSR or Transistor Radio in the subject line. You can also tweet at us at our Twitter page, which is at storythusfar, or contact us via Facebook at facebook.com slash storythusfar. And if you're like me and can't remember anything for more than 30 seconds, you can always head to www.storythusfar.com and find everything I just mentioned and even more great content. So anyway, that's it for this episode. We'll catch up with you next time. But until then, it's time for us to end transmission. God, you're adorable. <laughs> we haven't done it in a while. We haven't. <laughs> yeah. The second set of claps was to show how off how off we'd probably be in synchronization. Oh my god, if we were that's so separate. fucking true.